morning, Bucks fans. How's everyone doing? Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. And it is time for Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. This is not our normal time. And that's because playoffs, babies. Playoffs. We are coming at you like crazy this week. We got one today. We got one tomorrow. We got one Thursday. So basically any question you have, we're going to have the time to answer it. And so that's what we need you guys to do now is submit your questions to us over on that Facebook page in the comment section. So as we give everyone a chance to start doing that, um, let's go ahead and start with, of course, the major question I know we're going to get asked a thousand times is Mike Evans. And I know that we did get to hear from Bruce yesterday. He gave some updates, not just on Mike, uh, but all the different guys that are either on, you know, COVID situations or injury situations. So kind of give us a, a bird's eye view of everything that he covered in that sense. Well, yeah, what everybody wants to know is Mike Evans, what's his status for the game. And it's not decided yet, but it certainly was really, really good news on Monday. I, you know, you were at the stadium. We were all there when Mike got hurt immediately after breaking that record and it didn't look good and just the air went out of the whole stadium. And, you know, you started thinking at that moment, boy, I'd, we're winning, but I'd trade this win for having Mike Evans in the playoffs. It's possible we'll have both. The good news is no structural damage. You know, those, um, the Buccaneers have those big pools, uh, tubs, hot and cold tubs in their hydro room at the Evan Health Training Center. And one of them has a treadmill for a floor. So you can run in the water and you can run and, and loosen up your, your legs without all the pounding, right? He was already doing that on Monday. To me, that's a really good sign. He yeah. hardly has any swelling. That's another really good sign. And Bruce Arians said he hopes to have him back in practice on Thursday. And if that happens, I would think you'd be looking at him playing on Saturday night. I mean, it's incredible. I think we we thought there was a chance that looked like the kind of injury that he might not even be ready for the start of next year. Yeah. There, there was, I mean, to go from thinking he could be out a, a full year to thinking he might not even miss a game is insane. And it's, yeah. it's, it's so exciting for him. And, and again, I think even when we thought not only is it the games even earlier that we even have a day earlier game by playing on Saturday. And we're, the fact that he might be playing is incredible. Yeah, but that's actually not good in a couple of ways. And Bruce Arians said he wasn't exactly excited when he saw the schedule uh, because that Devin White, uh, you know, when he, and Steve McClendon, when they, when they started their quarantining, it does not look like they will be available. Devin for sure uh, on Saturday night and had the game been on Sunday, there might've been a chance. So that's a little bit, it's, it's disappointing. It's not wrong. It's the league didn't do anything bad to us. And, and certainly we've seen all year that uh, com competitive concerns like the Broncos not having a quarterback or the Browns not having a receiver are not reasons for the, the league to schedule in certain ways. So they weren't going to give us a break just because they wanted to be nice to us. So it just didn't work out in that regard. But uh, coach did say that Shaq Barrett is going to be back. So that's great. That'll help our pass rush quite a bit. It really, the pass rush really needed some help in that game against Atlanta. You could tell that. So not so sure yet on Jeremiah Ledbetter, but also the good news looks like Carlton Davis is, should be able to come back. Coach said he would be up and running was the words he used for the game. So that's great. Yeah, that is, I mean, all of that is is almost the best news you could hope for. The one with Devin is a little That's, unfortunate yeah. timing-wise, but nothing we can be doing about that. So, um, all right, we had a question from Jermaine, and he asked, is there any possibility that Vita would be back in the playoffs? No. I, I look through this. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty easy answer, right? Yeah, no. I, I look back on this recently for, I think, maybe a mailbag question or something. I wanted to see the last time that was talked about. I think if I remember right, it was November 16th. And I can totally understand, uh, you know, with the way you can come back from IR these days, you start thinking, okay, they said he was done for the season, but 
but now it's yeah, a longer regular season. season. Yeah. Him and OJ Howard and coach said, uh, I think the words were something like very, very unlikely, or it, 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 he basically dismissed it. And, and really the injury, it was a pretty bad injury, leg injury at the time. And it, it was clearly going to take more than, uh, you know, four months or whatever. So adding a couple weeks on the season doesn't make any difference to that or to OJ Howard. So that would be great. Can you imagine Vita coming back for the playoffs? But it's not going to happen. Yeah, so sad. Um, Bridget had asked, uh, who will we be playing first in the playoffs? So now that we know our matchup, tell us tell us who it is and what some things uh, are about that matchup to keep an eye on. Well, Bridget, the Buccaneers will be playing at Washington on Saturday night. <laughs> it's their first playoff game since 2007. I think I misspoke the last time we were talking about this on Sunday night. Our most previous playoff game was against the Giants in 2007. I think I said it was Washington. We played Washington in 2005, and actually that was here, and uh, Washington won that game. The only other playoff game with Washington was the Nux made a big comeback and won 14-13 to get to the NFC Championship game. So it's 1-1, so this is the tiebreaker, and uh, it's at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. It's going to be a little cold. The, the, the field will probably be a little slick, Coach Arian said, uh, and – Really, the big thing to look at, the big matchup here is the Buccaneers offense and Tom Brady, obviously just absolutely red hot right now. Just the last month, Tom Brady's pass rating is something like 126.9. But Tom Brady did not, did not and the Bucs offense did not face this Washington defense in, in during that stretch. And it is a legitimate playoff caliber defense, one of the best in the league. I know that the, the football team was only seven and nine, and you don't make the playoffs with a sub 500 record very often. But forget that because this defense is legit, and the Bucks' offense against that defense is one of the best matchups of the whole wild card weekend. Yeah, that's going to be so much fun. I mean, Chase Young has had a heck of a rookie season. Uh, I he's think really good. Yeah, he's 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 a little good at football. So, uh, and of course, he issued his little challenge of how he's coming for Tom Brady, which. Uh, I loved Bruce Arians' <laughs> response to that. Uh, his, his response to that was essentially, I, I'd be careful issuing challenges to the GOAT because it's, it's like what we saw in the last dance when <laughs> Michael Jordan was challenged and how poorly that went for people. Uh, I, I get the feeling that that may be something that, that Tom Brady says he doesn't pay attention to, but may put a little extra chip on the shoulder, which seems like a dangerous move. Yeah, but do let's also point out that uh, Bruce said, be careful what you wish for at the end of a long answer, which also said how good Chase Young and Montez Sweat and all those first round picks Washington has up front are. So so uh, yes. there was a good line at the end, but he does acknowledge that, that those guys. Oh, are yeah. Yeah. Yes, completely agree. Um, Josh asked without Devin, how will the Bucks defensive blitz package be utilized and who would be the coverage guy on Logan Thomas? So overall, I think let's add to this question, just how you felt like we looked without Devin in there, who stepped up and, and, and what a Devin-less defense seems to look like. Well, Kevin Minter obviously is the replacement and he did a really nice job at replacing Devin White. Listen, there was only one guy in the league who had 140 tackles and nine sacks. So it's hard to replace Devin white with the exact same caliber of player, but Kevin Minter did a really nice job and the Bucks certainly trust him. He was in the right place. He moved around. He had a good range. He moved around the field, made a lot of plays, uh, made some, he can cover downfield a little bit like he did towards the end of that game. Uh, and uh, he also has shown on several occasions that he can he can blitz up the middle just like Devin White can. Now, Devin White's pretty special in that regard, but we can still blitz up the middle with both Kevin and Levante. And coach actually mentioned that as a possibility when he was talking yesterday. So the blitz packages shouldn't be impacted. You can still do the same things. You just don't have Devin White. Um, 
as far as covering Logan Thomas, of course, when you answer these questions, you have to realize it's not the same guy every time. We don't have one guy following Logan Thomas around and covering him every time. Obviously, whatever defense you call, sometimes it's a zone, of course, and whatever defense you call is going to dictate that. But we do have a very good coverage linebacker in Levante David. He he really is an extremely good coverage linebacker. So when Levante is matched up on Logan Thomas, it's a good matchup for us. And we had a couple questions that kind of go together. Kevin and Greg uh, both essentially asked about the way that we will try to slow down their D line and Chase Young in particular. And um, Greg brought up, do you think that Auclair or Joe Haig will be used as an extra pass protector often? So what do you see as the, the game plan there in terms of trying to stop their D line? I understand that. And I'm sure there will be times when you use an extra tack or tight end in there to help with the protection scheme. But remember that on many occasions, Bruce Arians has stated his preference to not go max protect because he wants as many guys available to catch passes. He knows that it's a bit of a risk reward, but he likes, he prefers to have more guys available for targets. You know what I'm saying? And less max protect. Uh, so you're, you're probably not going to see a ton of that even against this team. Uh, you know, for one thing, Tom Brady is very good at getting rid of the ball quickly. One of the reasons why the Buccaneers rank second in the whole league in sacks allowed per pass play the offensive line has been great, of course, but Tom Brady knows how and when to get rid of the ball. And uh, he'll, that helps you in that regard. And then we trust a lot of our, our defensive linemen. I mean, it's not just Chase Young, it's Montez Sweat, but whichever one is coming off uh, the right end of the Bucks line is facing Tristan Wirfs. And as great as Chase Young has been, Tristan Wirfs has been just as good on the other side of the ball. By um, uh, He has only been credited with allowing one sack all year. That's, that's incredible. That's I mean, unbelievable. I saw a recent all pro team by ESPN's Bill Barnwell, and he picked Tristan Wirfs as one of his tackles as a rookie, the only rookie on the team. So just remember this Washington front is, is an incredible challenge, but the Buccaneers have a pretty good line to hold up their end of that challenge. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, Steven asked, how big of a factor do you think Ronald Jones will be about uh, against Washington? I wanted to hear how you felt like he looked coming back from being on the COVID list and with that broken finger. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I thought he looked great. Now, obviously, we didn't throw him the pa a pass a single time, and I don't know if they thought that if that just was circumstantial or uh, they just didn't want to risk it when he was wearing that brace on his hand that makes him curl in these two fingers like that. So he's he's playing with eight fingers, and his you know his catching ability has obviously been a bit up and down this year as it is. Uh, but running the ball, he was he was explosive, sharp cuts. I thought he looked really good. The, it's it seems pretty clear at this point that the Bucks aren't going to rush for 150 yards in a game very often, or even a hundred a lot of the times. But what coach talks about is having effective running game. When they run the ball, are they getting four yards on first down or half of the distance to on second down? Or are they getting the first down on a third and short? Are they getting the ball on the goal line as Leonard Ford has done very well on, you know, in, into the end zone. So the, Bruce thinks the Bucks uh, running game has been effective, even if it's not putting a huge numbers. And I think you saw a lot of play action in this last game and that's, that helps when your running game is effective. I'm glad someone asked this question. You and I, before the show, we're talking about how we wanted to bring this up. Uh, Delvin asked, is there a chance we hold a night practice sometime this week to be better prepared for primetime football? There's a chance right now. I've looked at the schedule. I was just looking at it right before we came on and it's look, it's a pretty normal schedule, uh, you know, except accelerated. So today is a Wednesday and so on. And they're actually practicing in the afternoon, which is a little bit of a change because they usually practice in the morning on Wednesday, but that's just a couple hours difference. The rest of the schedule looks like a normal week schedule. And, uh, and so at the moment there isn't a night practice scheduled. Um, 
Bruce Aarons did say that he could, this whole thing is subject to change and he could decide to do that. And if he does, it would probably be the Thursday practice. But as of now, that's not the case. And I'm not sure it really made that much of a difference the last time we did it. Yeah, that's true. Um, and also just in general, um, what do you feel like the biggest key will be in that game on Saturday of if you were going to pick one thing that has to go a certain way uh, to make sure that the Bucks get the win, what would be the thing that you say would be the most important? Okay, I lost a little bit of audio there in the middle of that, but the question is what's the most important thing to happen for the Bucks? Yeah, if you were to pick one key to the game. Yeah, you know, I could always go the easy answer and say turnovers. Um, but what I'll, I mean, I'll just go back to what we were just talking about. If Tom Brady is given time to throw, I think that the Buccaneers will have a very good chance of winning this game because he is locked in right now. We probably will have Mike Evans. So we have the full complement of incredible weapons. And I just, I know how good Washington's defense is, but if we can keep the pressure off Tom Brady, I think he can beat it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Again, we are doing these three days in a row this week leading up to the playoffs to make sure you guys have answers to all of your questions you have. So we'll be back again tomorrow morning at 10 and Thursday morning at 10. So make sure you join us then if there were any questions that we didn't get a chance to get to today. We'll see you then. 